The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club, take number two, of course you don't know that, but I can't help it because it's been one of those types of days. This is episode number 50, Uh, I'm John Burke, and with me as always is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And how you you doing, Corey? I'm okay, dreading snow. It's coming my way, I should make a song. It's (laughs) good. Well, we are um, actually currently on the upside of a cold front. We've had a nice, cool week. Everything's been, like, starting in the 30s or 40s and then getting into, like, 70s, no more. And it's been very, very nice. And today, I think it broke back to the 80s, so we're we're losing it. And it makes me sad because I really like when it's cold, uh, Florida cold. Because, you know, it's cold enough for, like, I can wear jeans and be comfortable and I can wear a jacket that I like. But today has been a crazy day and I keep making dumb mistakes like I just we just had a technical error which is why I said tech uh, take two at the beginning of the podcast but it wasn't a technical error it was totally a user error I forgot to uh, change a setting on the recording program so that it would actually take from the soundboard and not for me just talking to the computer so oops but uh, we're back and we're recording and I was telling Corey a story uh, while we were waiting for the computer to restart that I'd lost my headphones, and I thought it was my wife's fault. Then I thought it was my cat's fault. But I realized that it wasn't last night that I put them on the table, Corey. It was two nights ago. Oh! Yesterday, I had them on, and Taylor's bus was running late for school, and we had plans to go see Star Wars, so I was getting in the truck to go pick her up from her school because the bus was so late. And as I got in the truck, the bus showed up. So I had taken my headphones off, expecting to drive to her school, and put them in this little, like, I have, like, a little cubby, almost, underneath my radio in my truck. And I put them there and never brought them back out because I never needed them again last night. And I didn't realize it till after about 20 to 30 minutes of me being upset that my wife or my cat have misplaced my headphones. So that happened. Oh. Then I went to uh, Walmart earlier and did some last-minute Christmas shopping. And the woman's like, is this all yours? And I look over and I see a gap. And I'm like, up to here. Like, I pointed at the gap. And she's like, oh, okay. And then I went to pay. And I was like, that's way cheaper. And I looked back over. I'm like, oh, no, wait. All that stuff's mine, too. Oh. Was, uh, and she was she was nice. But also, like, I could tell, like, she was like, oh, what a dummy. And I felt like a dummy. Because I'm just like, oh, man, what am I doing? And that, that's been my day today. It's I, it's a lack of sleep. Because I am, I am coming off of a, an awesome euphoric high of seeing Star Wars The Last Jedi last night. Um, which I love thoroughly. And spoilers, uh, it takes place in space. <gasps> I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Okay, well, sorry everyone, but no, we we won't spoil the last Jedi. But Corey, you haven't seen it yet, right? Nope, I'm waiting till Christmas. That's insane. And uh, well, I'm sure Star Wars will still be in theaters in two or three or four weeks because it is. Excellent. Oh yeah, and in IMAX. But um, there is a lot of stuff coming out, which we're going to be talking about some of it uh, later on in the episode. Um, but. Until then, have you been watching anything interesting? I got to go to, um, so at this really cool local theater called The Egyptian, um, that I haven't gotten to go to 
too much. I think I've seen two concerts there. And now this is my second classic movie that I've seen them screen. I got to see them do Rocky Horror Picture Show. And they're doing like a whole like holiday, you know, series. And I got to see Die Hard, guys. And it was amazing. And I was wondering where it's been all my life. Wait a second. You've never seen Die Hard? I have as a kid. Like, I remembered parts of him, like, crawling through the air vents. And I remembered some scenes, but, like... Yeah, I couldn't. Ha- I knew he was a cop, and he had to like defend, you know. But I didn't really know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you when you watch basics. a movie as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, I. It was I, so funny. Yes, I love that movie. Um, I've not watched it yet this holiday season. I might have to try to make an effort to watch it. Um, like that's one that I would totally make like an annual Christmas movie. And anyone that says that it's not a Christmas movie obviously hasn't watched the movie. Yeah, and there there's a book that officially states that it is a Christmas film. I don't know how authoritative that that author whose name apparently I just will never remember. Um, you know, it's it's in print. Somebody published yeah. it, even if it's self-published. Yep. But uh the rest of his picks seem pretty legit, so I would be very surprised if that were uh not right, but I watched um, – is that the only thing you've seen since uh, we last spoke, uh, aside from the movie we're going to be talking about today, which is, by the way, Home for the Holidays, directed by Jodie Foster, starring um, Holly Hunter, Robert Downey Jr., Dylan McDermott, and um, Anne Bancroft and Charles Durning as their parents. Um, but uh, to not to track, was that just Die Hard and Home for the Holidays this week? I felt like I watched something else, but oh. I can't – remember i have seen a few things this week i saw margo at the wedding um which is nicole kidman jennifer jason lee jack black uh noah bombach film um from 2008 i believe and i was i had just seen ladybird for my second time and i was uh <sighs> debating on watching his newest film the meyerowitz chronicles i think is what it's called which is uh adam sandler ben stiller and oh um Dustin noah bombach? it is the new, yeah noah bombach's newest film sorry um, he he is kind of credited with grooming Gerwig as a director. Um, they worked <laughs> together on a few projects, uh, Francis Ha, Mistress America, and I think one other film. And um, I, and obviously Noah Baumbach has the reputation. He came from Anderson. Wes Anderson kind of groomed him uh, to direct. They wrote together a couple times, and then Baumbach broke off. And it's weird because I love Wes Anderson movies. I love almost I- all of them. Can't wait to see more of Greta Gerwig, but yeah, I think we're going to agree on this. Yeah, I am not a huge fan of Bombach. Yeah, uh, he's like hit or miss. I feel like I'm trying to remember all the films of his that I've seen, and the ones that are like sticking out to me are, have not been my favorite. Yeah, and I, like I don't dislike any of them either. I just don't think I get them, and I don't get why because I get like I actually like the films that Gerwig's in of his. Like I like Francis Ha. And I really like Mistress America, and she co-wrote the scripts. Probably going to make you so mad, but I have always been so drawn to the cover of Francis Ha uh-huh. that that's why I want to watch it. I don't know. There's just something about that cover. That... No way. That doesn't make me mad at all. I'm totally. I'm actually really superficial with that kind of stuff with movies and stuff. Um, I don't. And I'm almost like like a bird. I think is a good analogy here. Where <laughs> if I see like something shiny, yeah. like I am more inclined to buy it. Like. When Crystal Pepsi came out, I bought it because it was in a silver can, and I was like, "Ooh, shiny!" And I like had oh to have it. Oh my god! So yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, okay, but um, it's on Netflix. Francis Ha is. I I think oh, you should check that out. Okay, I, that's how I watched it two weeks ago. Um, 
and I, I'm a huge, I've become a really big fan of Gerwig uh, as an actress too, but his, like, I didn't dislike Margot at the wedding, but I also didn't think it was, I didn't really get what it was. Like, I don't know what I was supposed to take from it. Like, it didn't feel like a character study necessarily. It does deal with mental health issues, and it's very interesting, and the performances are good. I Jack Black is being Jack Black, like, really big Jack Black. John Turturro's in it for, like, one scene, and it's the most subdued John Turturro I've ever seen, and I actually really liked his performance in this. Um, he wasn't a big character like he normally is. But I also, um, one of my the highlights of my week is I showed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure to my uh, Film 1 and Film 2 class this yes. week. And I'm so very surprised how well it went over with most of the class. Like, they genuinely were enjoying the movie, even though it's very dated and it kind of feels like it. It also it? was refreshing because mm-hmm. um, it's so optimistic. Like, because you have, like, the message, like, be excellent to each other. We need that right now. Like, really bad in our country. Just, like, be good to one another that's that's it not much else you know just do that and these are like two surfer stoner guys and they get that you know i feel like they usually are the ones that do (laughs) (laughs) yeah then maybe maybe they just chill but they genuinely enjoyed it so that was fun i technically watched it three times um which it's a bit much of of the movie three times but i mean i'm doing other stuff uh after the first viewing, but like the first viewing, I generally kind of commit to rewatching it with them. And then I like, will be grading papers or something while they're, while it's on. Um, but I, I watched home for the holidays. Obviously I saw the last Jedi last night and right before this podcast, um, while I was wrapping Christmas presents, I watched the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, which was on my top five from last week. Cause it's one of my, uh, Christmas spirit movies gets me in the, uh, the season. And that, if you've not seen Corey is on Netflix right now. Um, actually, all three are on, but I don't recommend two or three. <laughs> okay. Fair um, and see, I feel like my I remember seeing like bits and pieces of them, and I've talked about this before. My sister used to watch stuff in like back in the day of VHS. It wouldn't even rewind all the way, and she would like start watching it again. And I feel like that she like watched that movie over and over and over again. But I've I've never seen the whole thing. I've yeah. Yeah, I am a fan. Um, I liked Home Improvement, and I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, I liked that sitcom as a kid too, actually. And um, I think you know Tim Allen, and I, I love Galaxy Quest. So there, Tim Allen's definitely got stuff that is great. Um, and I really, I think this movie does a really good job of like, like taking the idea of Santa Claus and how like it could make sense in certain you know circumstances and stuff like that. I just, I don't know, I genuinely enjoy it. Um, but. That said, we have a lot to talk about before we get to our review of Home for the Holidays. Um, Before (sighs) Corey and I discuss the movie that we review, we look at what's coming out on home video, 1219. uh, All of these are going to be coming out on Blu-ray, and you can actually order them through our Amazon Associates account. If you go to our page on BurkeReviews.com for this um, podcast, there will be an ad that's through us. It's an Amazon ad for these movies, and you can click on them and buy them or pre-order them depending on when you uh, see this, because the pre- they actually don't come out till Tuesday. So you can pre-order them right now or order them after Tuesday and have them shipped you know, right to your house through Amazon. It just uh, We get a little kickback if you buy through our site rather than um, just going to Amazon and buying them. So if you're already thinking about buying any of these movies, if you will do that, that helps out the podcast. And in that case, they still get like their prime shipping mm-hmm. and everything the yeah. same. The only difference is Amazon gives us credit for sending you to them 
to buy their product. That's the only difference. Um, it's still using regular Amazon. You're not doing anything special uh, other than you're helping us out by clicking something you were going to buy anyway. So if you see those Amazon ads on our page, that is official through Amazon. There's no third party putting those ads. That is from me um, putting it from Amazon to you, the the user. And again, we're not saying buy them just to buy them. If you if these movies interest you or if you love them, and there's a few coming out that are going to be added to my collection for sure. And I know at least one, Corey, you're going to be purchasing for your collection. Uh, I have a question. Yes. I tried Googling it. I keep forgetting to ask you. So I'm going to ask on the on air for the benefit of all the listeners. When does Shape of Water go wide? Oh, man. Because <laughs> it's not in my theater still. Yeah, and it, it's, it's – I've seen in my area, the, the first theater I see getting it is our Enzian Theater, which is our art house theater, and that's next weekend. Um, and that's oh, hell. and that's an art house theater. Like, so it's still not wide. You know what I mean? The first yeah. wide theater that I see, like a normal mainstream multiplex, is where I go to a lot of the um, A twenty four screenings in Altamont, and that's not till January fourth, okay. uh, according to okay. San Diego right now. So it's taking its sweet time, um, despite getting several nominations at the Golden Globes. Um, okay. I know. Trust me, it's killing me. But we're not talking about what's in theaters yet. We're talking about what's coming to home video, and we're going to start with one that I'm pretty sure you're going to be purchasing, and that is Dunkirk from uh, our our loved Christopher Nolan. Um, has a 94 Metacritic score and uh, 8.2 IMDb user score. One of my favorite movies from the summer. Um, it gave me PTSD, to say the least. However, I own every Christopher Nolan film, so this one will be added to my collection for sure. Thoughts, Corey? I loved it so much. I wanted to see it again in theater. In IMAX, but I wasn't able to. And yeah, definitely purchasing this. I feel like you probably shouldn't purchase it. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, but I'm saying, you know, what I mean, um, our, yes. our listeners out there, I am. If you didn't get to see this in the theater, you won't get the full experience. That I will say. Um, Nolan is one of the few directors who uses the IMAX cameras, and he uses them very, very well. Uh, and if you don't have a great surround sound system, you're definitely going to be missing something from the experience in the theater because um, Hans Zimmer's That's score four. is fantastic and nominated for a Golden Globe right now. <laughs> um, and uh, it's so intense. And with I, it, like, literally, you could feel it um, in the movie. And Oh, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, legit. Also, I don't know if I shared it with you, but I died because I was like Google. I was like reading about the uh, sound, the score a little while ago, and someone had written a had written a uh, an article that they really hope that Hans Zimmer doesn't score Dunkirk like before. I was like, oh man, you're wrong. It was so good. Yeah, I loved it. I I have heard a few people nitpick it, and I I don't know what they're talking about. I loved it. So, um, I feel like people just have to complain. Some people do. All right, next up, uh, coming out on home video. Uh, so Corey and I both saw Dunkirk, both loved it. Uh, we, I think we both skipped this next movie, which is the Lego Ninjago movie, um, which stars a lot of big names. Uh, Jackie Chan, Dave Franco, Fred Armisen, Kamel Nanjani, who I'm a huge fan of, Michael Pena, um, Zach Woods, who is great. Uh, he's from Silicon Valley. Um, Justin Thoreau and Ali Wong. Um you know, it's direct. It's their third Lego movie. Uh, we have the Lego movie. We have Lego Batman, and then Lego Ninjago. And I, I, by that I mean feature films. Um, they've done a lot of shorts and and straight to DVDs. This is again. This one had a theatrical run. Did not do that well. Only had a fifty-five Metacritic score. Um, the trailer looked funny though. 
and I think it would be like kid friendly. I just my daughter wasn't that interested in it, and so I didn't go. Um, but I I thought the trailer looked pretty funny, so I don't know if it just isn't doesn't hold up in the theater or whatnot. But yeah, I did not see this one. I've seen zero Lego feature films. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I didn't watch the Batman. What? It's so <laughs> I good. Didn't. I'm sorry, and I'm. Why am I forgetting his name? But I freaking love the guy that was voicing yeah, Batman. Will Arnett and Michael Sarah <laughs> yeah. as Robin. Like, come on. yeah, okay. It's really good. You know, um, I know. And I don't remember. I can't remember if you saw this one or not. But the next movie coming out on Tuesday, I am super excited, and I actually technically own already, or at least I will soon. Oh, is Mother um, from Dan Aronofsky. <gasps> yes. um, I will be. I the the thing is, this was the weirdest regal thing because I uh, mother was included on one of the. If you see four movies, you get the digital copies for free from Regal Cinemas, but I haven't been able to see the fourth movie yet because it's not out. In fact, I'm going to be talking about it momentarily because it doesn't come out until the 22nd. But you still get the movie. I thought you had to like uh, see all four. You do. That's what I'm saying. I won't then. get this in, on Tuesday. Which is, this is the first time that's happened where they they were so spaced out because this was in September when it came out. Mother Dang. and I saw it then, and then the other two movies were in October, and then the the fourth movie is coming out this. Well, actually, no, I guess one was in November. So uh, yeah, there was one movie a month. There was one in September, one in October was Suburbicon. Daddy's Home Two was in November, and now uh, the movie that I'll leave off. But so uh, I'm I'm not sure how they're going to do this. Uh, some of the companies have been slow about getting us our codes, anyways. Um, so maybe that's that's what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm kind of stressed out because I'm like, I better get my freaking digital copy because I will have seen all four, even though it's it, I couldn't see it earlier. Like it wasn't an option. This movie's not out for me to see yet. So, um, but Mother's coming out. I loved it. It was uh, definitely mixed, polarizing as as maybe an understatement. Some people really love this movie. Some people absolutely hated it. But it still managed with a 74 Metacritic um, and a oh. 6.9 user rating. So more people seem to like it than we thought. Um, I hear, though, Jennifer Lawrence is taking a break from acting as a result of this movie. Um, I saw she an article broke today. Up with oh, did they break up? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe that's why. Uh, if it, she's referring to Darren Aronofsky there. They were dating. And, yeah, what a surprise. It didn't work out. The dude's got some issues, it seems. But um, Javier Bardem, uh, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, Brian Gleason, and Domhnall mm -hmm. Gleason – all in the movie. Um, oh hell! I didn't know Domino. Did you not see it? No, I. Oh, yeah. it, I don't feel like it screened at my theater for very long. It didn't screen anywhere very long. It really and then it bothered it, people. So, like, it's just like crappy showtimes too. It's like, yeah. I'm sorry, you can't go to a two o'clock matinee on Tuesday. Well, I wish I, I could. I am excited for you to get to see this one then, because I really I liked am. it. I don't know that you will or not. Uh, and a little side note: Kristen Wiig's in it a little bit. So, and I know you're a big fan of her, but. Um, yeah, I I loved it. Um, I think Brendan loved it too, if I remember correctly. Um, I feel like I'm gonna like it. I like his movies. Yeah, I, do I need to ever watch them like more than once? Probably not. But I I will watch The Fountain again, and I think that's, oh yeah, I think that's the only one I'll watch again. His other movies are super super like stressful and. Mm -hmm. What well, was there was one more I really liked though. I can't like I I like the wrestler, but I don't think I'd really want to watch it again. But I really like The Fountain. The Fountain I found... Actually, I do want to watch Mother again. Although, initially, I didn't. But now I think after all the controversy, I kind of want to watch it again to see if I still love it. Um, all right. So next up is Victoria and Abdul. 
Um, I actually want to see this movie. I didn't get to it. I don't think it came close enough that I I ventured out for it. But um, it stars Victoria. Uh, it does not star Victoria. It stars Judy Dench as Queen Victoria, Ali Fazal as Abdul, um, Eddie Izzard's in the movie. And I'm a big fan of his. I think you like him a lot too, if I remember correctly. And I don't recognize too many of the other actors in on in the cast, but it looked interesting. Uh, 57 Metacritic score, 6.8 user rating. Um, it's Queen Victoria strikes up a unlikely friendship with a young Indian clerk named Abdul Kareem. Um, it looked like, it looked like there's a bit of humor in it to me. And that's what I was kind of excited about. Like, it's not a comedy, it's a biopic. Uh, but I think there's some, some funny looking moments in it that I was all for. Did you ever see I remember- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I do remember seeing something about this, but I haven't been able to see it. And the last movie coming out on home video that we're going to talk about is um, the the most recent Jake Gyllenhaal biopic. It's not about Jake Gyllenhaal, but he's in it. Uh, it's called Stronger, which is about the Boston Marathon. Um, it's the real life story of Jeff uh, Bowman, or Bowman, an ordinary man who captured the hearts of his city and the world to become a symbol of hope after surviving the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing. Um, some people were criticizing this is the second Boston Marathon movie, uh, second year in a row with a Boston Marathon-related film. Um, we had the Patriots Day with Mark Wahlberg last year. Um, this has Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, wow, I don't recognize a lot of the people in this. Um, it's super independent. It did well at Sundance. It didn't get a huge theatrical run, but I, I really want to oh. see it. It looks inspiring. I am a Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Uh, some people have kind of soured on him. I like Demolition. A lot of people didn't. I really enjoyed it. Um, it so I, I don't know. I want to see this. It has Miranda Richardson, um, who I'm not super duper familiar with, but she um, played Lady Van Tassel in Sleepy Hollow. Oh, okay. I, and, that's the only thing I think I know her from. But yeah, I like I like her in that. Oh, yeah. I remembered her name, and I was like, okay. Well. That leads us to our theatrical releases, but before we get to that, uh, of those movies coming out, Corey, which one has your most interest? Hands down, Mother. Yeah, I figured that, and that's definitely, that would be up there with me, and same thing with Dunkirk, but I've already seen those two, so mine is Stronger. That's the one I'm the most intrigued by and one I really want to check out. He Um, looks like a baby in this still. Yeah, he looks young in this, but I like that too. I'm a big Gyllenhaal fan, so I want to give it a, a go. I still have a few of his movies I need to get to. Um, I just bought Enemy on Vudu because it's on sale for six ninety nine. It's a it's one of Denis Villeneuve Villeneuve uh, first movies, yeah. And it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, he also did Prisoners with Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman and uh, Paul Dano. But I ha- that one's really expensive for some reason, so I haven't grabbed that one yet. But which one is Prisoners? Okay. Oh, and Mel- Melanie Laurent. Um, that's an Enemy. She was also in. Oh my God! Beginners with you and McGregor, that I love. Oh, I need to see that still. And she's so charming in it. Well, we have a lot coming out because not only uh, there are five movies coming out this week, so I'm really surprised because their Star Wars is still going to be stealing box office dollars for the next couple of weeks, and um, five movies are going to be coming out, and they they are all kind of counter. There's no sci-fi films, but. Um, it's nonetheless, it's a lot of movies and two of them are coming out on the, on the 20th, which is a Wednesday. And then the other three are coming out on the 22nd. So we'll start with what's coming out on Wednesday. And one of these I am so excited about, and I can't, I can't get my head to understand why I'm so excited, but I am. 
I'm a little nervous. The Greatest Showman. Oh! Which is the bio-musical about P.T. Barnum and the uh, circus, starring Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, Zac Efron, Zendaya or Zendaya. I say Zendaya. I don't know if it's right. Rebecca Ferguson. Um... A bunch of kids, uh, a bunch of other people who are new. So it's going to be terrifying. But it's, well, I think they're his kids, and then there's a bunch of, like, circus acts. Um, You know, like, there's the bearded lady and things like that. I don't recognize any of the actors playing those roles, but um, I think it looks really fun. And apparently I like musicals now. Thank you, La La Land. But um, I I really want to see it. I'm, like, super excited about it. And it is the... uh, there is a connection to La La Land. It's the same lyricist, I think, from La La Land, which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I, I love the songs from La La Land, so I'm I'm going with it's a good thing. But I am genuinely excited about seeing The Greatest Showman. So that comes out on the 20th, the Wednesday, and I will be at the theater on Wednesday night to see this movie. So unless something stops me, but that's my current plan. I haven't even seen like a trailer or anything for oh, this. Oh, my goodness. But I – okay, A – a, I haven't been to a whole lot of movies that are like screening in a regular theater, and then the ones that I do see, they're not screening, they're not doing trailers for those types of movies. And then I don't have cable, but they do have the uh, posters up in my theater, and the posters look pretty amazing. Well, the first time I saw anything about this movie was at um, what was I going to do? Oh, when I went and saw Hollywood Babylon, um, at it was at Hard Rock Live, and Mike and I were walking to Hollywood Babylon. And they have the the movie theater like is at the entrance to uh, Universal City Walk, and they <clears throat> on, they have the big screen outside now like that plays trailers, but you can't hear anything; you just oh. see it. And I'm like, wait a minute, what movie is this with Hugh Jackman? And then um, I see Michelle Williams, and I see Zac Efron. I'm like, what is this? And I, I didn't even get the name then. And I think it was a good month before I finally found out. I I forgot to look up what movie it was, but it was about a month later I saw the actual trailer. And I was like, okay, yeah, I really want to see this. This is so up my alley. And um, Taylor's excited about it. I think Kathy's even really excited about this one. And it's funny because the only musical I've seen Hugh Jackman in is Les Mis. And I hate Les Mis. So, um, and I, but I don't think it's the the musical as much as I don't care about what's happening in Les Mis. Like, it just did not grab me. Um, I just... I've seen parts of that movie, and I felt like that was one of the ones that they threw, like, everyone that's anything in Hollywood into. and. Yeah. I get nervous when I see a big cast like that. Anyways. Yeah, and and it was also interesting how they did it because usually the musical, the, like the songs are recorded in a booth and and then put in, in post, but in Les Mis, they actually were singing on set like it was a live Ew. musical. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I did not care for that movie. Other people loved it, so I'm not saying that you know, um, I am right or anything, but I did not enjoy it. Now, But he's right. On, <laughs> I can't wait to see it, and you definitely need to check the trailer out after we record. Um, next up on Wednesday, uh, coming out on Wednesday, I've actually already seen this movie, um, and it's not an A24 film. It's Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, uh, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Karen Gillan, um, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, a bunch of uh, kids, but we also get Reese Darby, Bobby Cannavale, um, Nick Jonas, Alex Wolfe. Uh, Sedaris Blaine, Madison, something because it's cut off. Sorry, Madison, I apologize. Hold on. If I can get you. Uh, Iceman? Um, and then Morgan Turner. Um, I got to see this with an Amazon Prime screening, which apparently Amazon's oh. trying to do this now, where you get Prime members get and buy their tickets online and get exclusive screenings, like apparently two to three weeks in advance. 
and after it's a it's definitely new because they made they sent an email survey out after like did you like this would you like this if this happened more often when would you like to attend screenings and i was like holy crap i hope this becomes a thing because i already like i mean you have to pay full price for the ticket but getting to go a few weeks early is pretty sweet um for and, me and i feel like too I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be as crazy as going to like an opening night. You know what I mean? Since I thought that it was actually pretty crowded for Jumanji. Oh, hell. I was expecting like I only knew about it through uh, Big Tuna, who writes for us sometimes. He told me about it. But apparently other people were more vigilant with their emails because I did not see anything about it. Um, He saw his email, told me, and I was like, really? So I looked it up and went through the process and got the tickets. Um, But I loved it, uh, which was really surprising. My review's already up at BerkReviews.com, so you can read my thoughts. Um, I will have a link in our uh, on the website for it, too, so if you come just for the episode link, you can click on uh, a, my review link for Jumanji. But I was pleasantly surprised. I had a really good time. I mean, it is a very straightforward MacGuffin-type plot, but it's so much fun. Jack Black is hilarious in this movie. Um, he is... Uh, an avatar for a teenage girl so he is acting like a teenage girl would act if she found herself in a large man's body um and they it's a pg-13 film but they did not shy away from the fact that a young girl would not be used to having a penis and that creates several really funny jokes um man i'm about to laugh just thinking about one of them but um the whole performances, it was really funny. It was really entertaining. It is by no means a perfect film, but it's a really solid comedy uh, adventure film. And, um, yeah, I liked it a lot. So that's coming out on the 20th. I recommend it. Corey, I know that's probably not on your radar, but I got to say, if you're just in the mood for, like, a silly comedy, it's it's a lot of fun. Okay. She does not sound impressed, folks. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have limited time to get theater, and Shape of Water is my... Well, you're going to have a few weeks before that's even I know. Issue. But um, this next movie is the one that I need to see to complete my set of four from Regal. And it's Matt Damon's newest film, uh, not directing, but starring in, directed by Alexander Payne, though, um, is Downsizing. Uh, with also Christoph Waltz, Kristen Wiig, um, Hong Chow. Oh, I don't know how to say that dude's name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't even say anything. Ugo, Just Ugo say the name Pierre. and move on. Um <laughs> Jason Sudeikis is in it, but it looks like he's going to have a smaller part than I would. What? James Vanderbeek's in this movie? Um, that's a weird, like, kind of. He plays the pull. D-bag. Uh, he plays <laughs> no, an I'm anesthesiologist, not. so you might be right on. He might be playing a D-bag. <laughs> but um, it, uh, it's got a 74 Metacritic, but with only 17 reviews right now, 6.4 user rating. Um, it, I feel like it did well at maybe TIFF. Um, I really want to see this. I think it looks super interesting. Um, I'm a Matt Damon fan normally, although Suburbicon was disappointing. Uh, but this movie will complete my chain, and it'll get my copy of Mother and Suburbicon and Daddy's Home 2, and eventually Downsizing when it comes out on VOD. So I'm definitely going to see it, and I, but I actually want to see it. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have any interest in that? No, and I have seen really? that trailer a couple times, and it looks dumb. What? I'm sorry. I, there's something about it that just annoys me. And I like Kristen Wiig. I'm just like... It's such an interesting premise. How, man, it looks dumb, huh? That hurts yeah, inside. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Oh, man. I hope you enjoy it. I, I hope that everybody that wants to see it enjoys it. Well, next up on that same Friday, the 22nd, and we have two more movies. That, uh, this is, sorry, we have this movie and one more. Father Figures, 
Um, directed by Lawrence Shear, starring Owen Wilson, Christopher Walken, J.K. Simmons, Ed Helms, Glenn Close, Ving Rhames, um, I don't know how to say her name, Terry Bradshaw, and I think that covers the big names in the movie. Um, it's two guys uh, find out that their mother's not 100% sure who their father was, and so they go looking to these different people. It looks looks relatively dumb. Um, I, I like Owen Wilson. I am not as big a fan of Ed Helms. Um, Cat Williams has a part where he's a hitchhiker, uh, and that part looks really funny, but I'm pretty sure we've seen the whole thing at this point, um, if you've yes. seen the trailer for it. So I'm not planning on like making an effort to see this, but I also, I'd be willing to give it a watch. Like I, I'm not expecting much, though. It, see, it, I feel like it's going to be funny, but obviously completely inappropriate, and I feel like that's the kind of movie that I might actually be uncomfortable seeing in theaters because I feel like other viewers wouldn't know what they were going in for into, you know? Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know, but it's not one that I'll likely see in the theaters. Yeah. Um, I will probably end up seeing it. Uh, if my wife is, if we have like a night where Taylor's not with us and she just wants to see, she generally will go to our comedies. Um, that's a movie I can usually sell her on. I don't know why actually I just made that connection. But that is if there's an R comedy out. Like we went and saw Bad Moms like two weeks ago. And I'm just like, really? That's all the movies that are okay, fine. Bad Moms, Christmas, I should emphasize. Um, but and this next movie is one that I it's a guilty pleasure type movie for me. So I'm I can't deny that I I have to see this movie. One, because I'm a completionist, but two, because I am a fan of the first and second. So this is a third movie of what is supposed to be a trilogy. And I already know my wife and I are going, and my daughter will also be attending because this is a PG-13 film. And it is uh, Emily oh, – no, it's not em- – really, I didn't realize she didn't direct this. Uh, Trisha she? Trishai, um, directed film Pitch Perfect 3 uh, with Anna Kendrick. Ruby Rose is in this, apparently. Brittany Snow, Haley Steinfeld, Alexa Snap, Elizabeth Banks, um, Anna Camp. John Lithgow's in this? Rebel Wilson. Um, I don't know who that guy is. Basically, all of your returning members from the first two Pitch Perfects, plus some new people, as they are facing you know different pitch, uh, different groups this time. They're actually not fi- facing acapella groups; they're facing bands in this one. Um, I have to admit, while I am planning on seeing this, the trailer does not instill much hope in me. It looks much sillier than the previous. It looks like they've kind of jumped the shark because there's like an action fight sequence happening with Rebel Wilson and a dude and. You see her jump off like there's an explosion. Like I don't, I don't know. It looks like they've gone off the deep end, which is probably a good thing. This is supposed to be the last one. Hopefully, the music will at least be enough to keep me entertained. Um, I love the first one so much, and I like the second one. So I don't know the third one. I might hate, but what's your? Uh, I don't know what your relationship is with the Pitch Perfect movies. Are you a fan at all? Um, the first one's pretty funny. I. I think I saw the second one actually when I was flying down to visit. Ah. You know, they have like where you can watch some movies for mm-hmm. free. Um, and I thought the first one was, was funny. The second one was, was okay. Elizabeth Banks is pretty funny in them. Yeah. Um, I like and, their banter. Yeah, her and the yeah. guy whose name. I can never remember that actor's name, but yeah. he's always good. I just feel like Anna Kendrick is never allowed to be as funny as she is is as funny as she can be like i don't know in in the pitch perfect movies or in general like in general anything that i've seen her in because i've seen like interviews with her on Mm -hmm. like with different late night hosts and stuff and she is so funny let's run through some movies have you seen 50 50 
Nope, that's a JG. That's Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Gordon and Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. She's. Uh, I wanted to see that. She plays like the. I think she's the counselor, like him dealing with like. Oh. How do you feel for having cancer, kind of thing. Um, it's not necessarily <laughs> the most comedic performance, but she gets a few moments where she's really silly. Um, have you seen Mr. Right with her and uh, uh, Sam Rockwell? No, I think you guys were talking about this one recently. I love it. Um, I'm a huge Sam Rockwell fan, and I need to watch is, more of his. It's it's a super crazy performance for her. Like she's a little bit insane. I think in the movie, I think her character is nuts. Um, Table nineteen. Nope, they didn't. That yeah, didn't screen was, very long on my didn't theater. Didn't screen much. Uh, my daughter and I both really enjoyed it. It's not perfect, but I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, Craig Robinson and Lisa Kudrow are a couple in that movie, and mm-hmm. their banter is hilarious. Um, but so is Kendrick. I thought Kendrick was oh. great. And um, well, there's one more of hers that I like a whole lot. Oh man, maybe that's it. Maybe those are the big ones that I really enjoy. But I generally like her. Um, she's in a she's in a couple of like she's pregnant in. Oh, what movie was she pregnant in? There was a movie where she plays the pregnant girlfriend. It was very. It was more of a dramatic film though. Uh, oh oh oh! It was a John Krasinski film. It was. It felt like a. Um, um. Oh my God, my brain's not connecting any of the dots. Um, the Hollers was what it was called. Uh, I liked that movie. Um, his mom's sick in the hospital. He has to go home. John Krasinski. His brother is um, Shartley oh, Copley. Oh, he's in Detroit. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, he's a lawyer in Detroit. Um, okay. But yeah, The Hollers. Uh, I enjoyed that movie, but I think he directed that as well. And um, Krasinski? Yeah, I think. I could be wrong. I could be completely yeah, He wrong. did. Okay, I thought I thought so, but I wasn't 100%. But yeah, he's, he's getting some stuff uh, working right now. He's got... Something new coming out too. I just saw him in a trailer or something. Um, oh, a uh, horror movie. Um, what? Yeah, I saw it last night at Star Wars. It's uh, the the oh the quiet ones or stay quiet. Um, it looks really intense and he <gasps> a quiet place. Yes, that's what it's called. It looks real intense. Like uh, apparently whatever the creatures oh, are. Oh, it has his wife in it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I, that that trailer in front of Star Wars was. One surprising that it was in front of Star Wars, but it looked really intriguing. But anyways, Pitch Perfect three—that's the last one. So next week we have five movies coming out by the end of the week: uh, The Greatest Showman, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Downsizing, Father Figures, Pitch Perfect three. Now, what I want to warn our listeners: if you have not seen Lady Bird yet, you are running out of time because how dare you? With five movies coming out, that is the type of movie that's going to get pushed out of the theater because it's not going to make the money. That any of the five I just listed are going to make because these are all big budget releases. Downsizing is probably the smaller of the budgets, um, maybe not, but just given it's got it's it's definitely not an indie movie by any means, but it has more of like because it started on the festival circuit, which is not something that big budget movies usually do. Um, but you got like Greatest Showman, Jumanji is a you know big budget comedy, Pitch Perfect Three is a big budget comedy, and Father Figures is probably one of the more mid range budget comedies, but. Um, those are all big name actors, you know, that's why they're coming out the week before Christmas. So any indie films that are playing at your theater, the disaster artists, wonder wheel, um, if the shape of water is fortunately at your theater, those are the types of movies that are going to end up getting pushed out for movies like this, because these are going to have built in audiences that you don't have with those indie films. So if you've been waiting, you're like, Oh, it's, it's going to be here another week. Probably won't be next week. So I highly recommend if you've missed any of those indie films that are at your local theater, especially if you are a Lake Wales listener, um, because it's still at our mall and I can't believe it, especially with Star Wars being on like three screens, 
go see it this weekend or uh, before Wednesday, because starting Wednesday, they're going to start phasing stuff out. And I guarantee you, Star Wars is not going anywhere for at least two to three weeks. So these movies are going to be filling in all those other spots. So if there's something that you've been wanting to see, go see it, because it's about to get pushed out of your theater probably. That said, it's time we get into our review of Home for the Holidays. Um, Home for the Holidays, again, I mentioned it was directed by Jodie Foster, stars uh, Holly Hunter, Anne Bancroft, Charles Durning, Dylan McDermott, uh, Robert Downey Jr., and then two other people whose names I cannot keep in my head, but I do want to get their names real quick um, because they're both famous. Uh, well, Steve Gutenberg plays um, Holly Hunter, who plays Claudia Larson's brother-in-law, and that yes. was Mahoney in the Police Academy movies, and pretty much the only time he's ever been good. And good is very subjective when we're talking about the Police Academy movies. Um, he's not so great in this, I didn't think. Uh, but Cynthia Stevenson, um, who is his wife and her uh, Claudia's sister, she was the mom in Dead Like Me. Did okay, you... perfect. I was like, I recognize her. It was I know. driving me I crazy. I'm like, I know her. her. And I had a, I had a, yes. like look through her IMDb like four times before I finally noticed Dead Like Me. I was like, okay, who was she on Dead Like Me? And then I looked at a clip. I'm like, oh, she was her mom. Like, uh, she was so great on that show. And mm. then I can't, I can't leave off Claire Danes as much as I would like to. <laughs> I love her, uh, and I forgot she was in it. <laughs> yeah, she's barely in like, it. John's uh, gonna hate this. <laughs> she's she's barely in it though, and she she doesn't have to cry, so it's not so bad. Because I, I genuinely can tolerate her. It's when she has to do. Like sad emotions that I don't buy. She was actually pretty optimistic and upbeat in this, which is not a character I've seen her play very much. Um, like you see that in instances, but like my my so called life is that what that was an overall character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, Angela Chase. What? Did I leave somebody off? No, Angela Chase is who she played in. Oh, I I don't <laughs> know that so show well enough for you to tell me Sorry. that. So, um, yeah, Drake yeah, I, I do know that's Jared Leto, but only because of you. Um, so, Home for the Holidays is a movie set at Thanksgiving um, about Holly Hunter's character having to go visit her family um, back in her hometown. And, man, it's a disastrous type event. And it's uh, <laughs> it's actually pretty subtle. And that's one of the things I kind of like about this movie is it's not – it's never, like, crazy over the top. Like, she loses her jacket at the airport and the – you know, as a film would do, we see a close-up of the jacket, so we know she's already left it, but they don't make a big deal out of it. She's just, now she's stuck with this ugly pink jacket that's way too big for her for the rest of the time she's uh, with her parents, because it's too cold for her not to wear a jacket. I did love that about this, too. Like, I feel like all of these things are totally something that can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I really like that. I felt like it was really relatable. Yeah, and, and with her, with Holly Hunter's character, Claudia, I, one, I am, I'm becoming a huge fan of Holly Hunter. Um, I, I, she was in the big sick this year and I loved her in that. <gasps> she was so good. And then this movie, um, I really enjoyed her performance. I don't know if I've seen anything else of hers as of yet, but, uh, those two performances have really won me over. Um, she is so good in this movie. Um, and I don't know if you know her dad in this film, Charles Charles Durning, is uh, Pappy O'Daniels in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He's the guy running for mayor. Uh, well, I'm sorry, he's the uh, incumbent mayor. He's trying to keep his position as mayor um, in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I, I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I know that face. 
but I cannot place his face. And I'm like looking through his IMDb, and I'm like, oh, I actually realized it before I got to O Brother Arthur that it was he's. I'm like he's Pappy. Um, and there's a, a couple of times where he gets mad in in Home for the Holidays where that voice comes out. You know, like uh, <laughs> he's got a very distinctive type of style with his dialogue. And um, I really liked him in this movie. He's he's. I loved him. I felt like out of all the craziness in her family, he was like, I don't know, a he good was, yeah, a much more solid and grounded, but still crazy. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But there, like, I think his crazy was more like, I'll I'll put you in your place kind of thing. But um, he gets mean a couple times. Like he's mean to his uh, one of his grandkids. Um, he's because the key gives him wings, and the kid's like, "You always give me wings," and he's like, "You're a little ungrateful." Like, <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> um, but um, the one thing about this movie that I'm still not sure how I feel, yes, was Robert Downey Jr. Why? I I am a big fan of Robert Downey Jr. I genuinely love him in movies, but he was so obnoxious, and he's supposed to be like he's doing what the character is supposed to do. But it made me really not enjoy it when he was on screen because I'm just like now th- that said there are like three moments where I was really impressed by that character. Um, I feel like he played that little brother because he is the little brother, right? I, or is he? I, I definitely got the vibe he was a little brother. I felt like you know what I mean. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of where that came from. I thought he was hilarious. I loved. Yes. That everyone else was dreading him being there, like the other sister finds out, and they just want to leave. What what yes. I think what I hated most about this movie was the moment yeah. that Steve Gutenberg and Cynthia Stevenson, I think I said Stevenson, um, pull up and they realize that he is there, and he wants to sit in the car because he's like, I'm not mentally prepared for this. I hated that because I literally have said that to Kathy. <laughs> About oh, no. situations where I'm like, I was not mentally prepared to deal with this today. Like, because I get social anxiety about certain situations. And if I don't know I'm going into something like that, it does like it. I have like almost anxiety attacks. Like if I don't expect to have to deal with something, um, especially if it's or someone or someone um, I have I've literally had that moment. And since Steve Gutenberg's character then drives me nuts the rest of the movie that he's on it, um, I was like, oh, Oh, why do I have to be like that guy? You're like, is this me? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it was not a positive thing. Um, and there's there's some really funny parts in this movie for sure. And again, I I like Robert Downey Jr. in it, and his character has some of the more interesting um story behind it. Like, there's a lot of little nuanced things, especially because this movie set in 1995, and um, his character, I don't I don't think it's a spoiler we, that he's gay. We, I feel like we should just say it. Yeah, he he's gay. And it's definitely not it not everyone is okay with him being gay. Um Chloe No, it's is, like for so much of it, I it seems like nobody wants to talk about it and everyone's like avoiding it, but It's almost exclusively avoided with the exception of Claudia. Not she her. she yeah. loves his husband/boyfriend, slash whatever you want to call it. She loves him and is actually mad that he's not there. Like, where is he? Why? What happened? Why didn't you tell me? Um, where the other sister uh, is definitely ashamed, and the parents seem to be almost in denial. But that leads to a, a definite spoil. So we'll leave that um, for the spoiler section. But um, overall, I actually I think I've warmed to this movie more since I saw it. I think when it ended, I was like, I don't I like this, 
But I don't know if I would watch this annually. But a couple of days away from this, I watched this on Wednesday night because I had to cram in Star Wars and stuff. Um, I was, now that I'm thinking back on it, I feel like more positive about it. Like I could, I definitely kind of want to rewatch it. So I think I've warmed to this movie over the last couple of days. Um, How was your second viewing of this film? I enjoyed it. And I like, there were parts that I had forgotten that I don't know. Kind of made me like it more, and I really like Claudia's character. Okay. Yeah, I, I she's definitely kind of the the standing highlight. Um, it is it's definitely a character study. There isn't much of a plot. I mean, there's a little bit of a plot, but it's it's more or less, you know, this is her life. This is what it's like to be with her family, and why she is uh a little messed up. I guess you could say, you know, <laughs> they're all a little messed up. Um. All right, I think that's a good jumping into spoilers. So, Corey? Everyone, if you want to go check out this movie first, go do, go do so. Otherwise, from here on, we'll be talking about this movie in even greater detail, and we might spoil some of the plot for you. So you've been warned. And I, how did you watch this? Uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, that. Okay, perfect. I have a $2 DVD that I got from Big Lots 27 years ago in Florida. Oh, man. Really? 27 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite number to exaggerate with. Oh, okay, because um, it's not impossible because it came out in 95, so it was like yeah. spot no, on. No, <laughs> it's at least like eight years ago. That's when I moved. Gross. Okay. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's it's currently available for free on Prime Video, um, and so I was excited about that because uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to buy it. Um, I genuinely loved uh moments in this movie and then there were parts where i was like my skin was grating uh, partly because of robert downey jr but also as much as i enjoy that actress whose name i am never going to remember apparently cynthia stevenson her character was so hard to deal with when we first met her i had a little more sympathy towards her towards the end of the film but everything she does and even before we meet her we hear like she wants to make her the turkey her way so we're having two turkeys and it's just like wow this one sounds like a pain I totally like, and I felt like they kind of, I'm the oldest child, but I don't feel like I'm, I feel like I need to control all the situations, but I, I felt like with each of those characters, she's the oldest, Claudia is the middle child. And then, Mm. oh my God, I'm forgetting his name in the movie. Robert Downey Jr.'s character is like the youngest child. And I thought they like really drove it into our heads, like with what kind of people they are. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And I just felt like, she was mean, and I felt like she tried to insult people every chance that she got. Yeah, big time. She definitely like, was condescending towards Claudia. Um, and you get a little bit of the story that uh, she feels trapped, like the other two went off and chased their dreams, but she feels like she has to stay close to the parents to take care of them. And that's an excuse. Claudia points out, like, you didn't have to do that. No one asked <laughs> you to do that. But... I, I've heard other stories. It kind of reminds me of Hello, My Name is Doris, too, because um, mm-hmm. Doris stayed with the mom while the, the her brother went off and did his own thing and all that. And um, like I've seen that in other movies and stuff, and, I, okay, I, I can get that. And um, especially if you do feel that sense of obligation and then you don't see that in your brother and sister, um, like they don't have that same dedication to the parents, and she's definitely grown bitter about that. I feel like she's kind of built that 
she's built that life for herself like in other movies like even with hello my name is doris isn't her mother like housebound i feel like she was like medically needing somebody or like afraid at first i only saw that movie the one time but like afraid to leave her house or something yeah and wasn't she like a pack rat and stuff like very much a pack rat. they were hoarders for sure so like in some cases i can totally see where you would feel obligated to stay close to home to take care of your parents or other people in your family Mm -hmm. but neither of the parents in this movie need to be taken care of and i mean they're getting older so you know what i mean and no there wasn't a need for her to stay there and she built that life she got married she had children you know what i mean she like grounded herself there Mm -hmm. and she's the only um like so we have claudia got pregnant young is what we're told we don't know the exact age 24 when she had her daughter Wow, I didn't I didn't catch that. I thought she was younger because like there was the talk about eighteen and and she said it wasn't that young or whatever. But yeah, because uh, Leo says that her daughter is eighteen and she's like she's not eighteen, she's sixteen. And at the beginning of the movie, she says that she's forty. Oh, okay. There you go. I didn't catch all of that. Good job. Um, we get uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character Tommy. There's moments where he is super. Super irritating. Like, he's taking Polaroid pictures of his sister, like, in the shower and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it's not for sexual reasons. He's just a jerk. He just does stuff like that. Um, he does some crazy stuff. He jumps on their car, like Steve Gutenberg and uh, Cynthia's car. Um, he th- The funniest part is he throws her turkey on her, basically. Or, no, he throws the parents' turkey onto her. And then when they lift it off, they lift it over her head for some reason. And, like, all the juices just, like, pour all over her. And it's like, that was me because you totally didn't have to lift it over her head. Um, But then, like, there she goes. And I know she's pissed because she has turkey juice. (laughs) Gross. But she's like... I know that you would never wear this dress and that this dress doesn't blah, blah, blah to you, but I love this dress. And she's just like, cause she's like just standing there for a long time. Obviously like her hair has dried all gross. Her dress is just still gross, but dry. And she will not change out of this dress, even though Claudia offers her another one. Yeah. And Claudia, Claudia is not like well to do. I mean, she was working at, at a museum as a, like, um, she would fix up paintings. I can't think of the, the term right now, but, um, we, restore, restoration, oh. correct. Um, she's been fired though at the beginning of the film, um, and kisses her boss, or her boss kisses her. I was kind of unsure who kissed who. I felt that. like she kind of instigated it, but I he don't seemed know. like he was really excited about it. Yeah, so. I didn't mean to do that. Um, and then uh, you know her her daughter, which one of the most shocking things in the movie is when she's getting out of the car uh, <laughs> to go to the airport, and Claire Dane's like, "By the way, I'm going to have sex with Tommy." Or not Tommy, her boyfriend's name. I don't know what it is. Tim. It's Tim. I have it typed. Uh, and, like, Holly Hunter handles it way better than I think most parents would. That's what, like, I feel like, and I feel like, again, that middle child. I don't know. There were three children in my family. I'm the oldest. My brother was a middle kid. And he was just so chill about stuff that I, she gets fired. And she cries. And she leaves a message on her brother's machine. And she finds out that kid's going to have sex with her boyfriend. And she has to go home for the holidays. And her Tommy's not going to be there, but I feel like she handles it all so well. Like, yeah, it's that little breakdown on the plane where she uses the plane phone, and that woman sitting next to her um, was freaking obnoxious. With like four chicken legs and a hard boiled egg and her own salt shaker. Like, she's got like a picnic going on. That woman has a very small part in the first Joe Dirt movie, by the way. 
Um, oh. She gives him his the Hemi that he buys. Uh, like I could, I I was like staring at him. Like I know this woman. I've seen her in something, and I had to like dig again through her IMDb. I'm like, ah, she's in Joe Dirt. Okay. Um, but uh, you know the the whole plane ride. She's like freaking out. She's stressed out. She already doesn't like flying too. She's scared of flying. Um, and she's alone on the plane, so she's extra scared. And now her daughter's going to have sex, and she doesn't, you know, she's trying to be calm about it, but she's definitely stressing out. It's not like she's actually cool with it, which I appreciated the subtlety of her character. It's a mom who's like, if I freak out and yell at her, it's just going to push her into the guy's arms a little more. Um, and, like, she just handles it so well. And Tommy shows up. Um, the part that I think my one of my favorite moments in the film does involve the father, played by Charles Durning, um, when he answers the phone and it's uh, Tommy's husband. We're told he got married recently in the plot and um, how he 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 embraces him. You know, he basically says, I do love you. You know, like a really good kid. Yeah. It's it's hard for us to be okay with because our our, you know, they're Catholic. um, They're old fashioned. It's 1995. So homosexuality was still not accepted. I mean, it's still struggling to be fully accepted in 2017 when gay marriage is legal in our country. This is 95. That homosexuality was definitely um, taboo. It was still looked down upon. It was very, very much a negative uh, stereotype through most. Most people had negative opinions about homosexuality in 95. So that that little moment was so touching and so ahead of its time. Um, I, I felt like he had a couple of those parts, at least two, yeah. but cause like in the basement later on, the he's watching videos? like home movies. Oh, and yeah. I'm just like, I would, you know what I mean? Like those are really good. I don't know. I don't want to really say pieces of life advice, but they kind of are. I don't know. They're, they're, he's, he's just a, the way he handles everything. Even when, um, Tommy and, uh, the guy get into a fight and he just sprays him with the water hose. <laughs> and, I... Yeah. It just, it, he, the dad cracks me up throughout. Um, he does have a few moments of like where he kind of snaps a little bit and the poor aunt was aunt Gertie. Um, the sister, the mom, aunt Gladdy. Oh, so I, so my husband, he like sat down and watched some of this movie with me last night and we can talk about that in a minute because okay. <laughs> I just need him to be quiet sometimes. But I know, I know if he had been sitting in here while the Aunt Gladdy part was on, I know he would have gotten super tense, super uncomfortable, and he would have like beelined out of the room. He's so funny when parts like this come on and I'm just like, is this real? Like, yeah, yeah. Seems, oh my god! I, mean, I she, didn't remember all of this from the first time. Well, she's definitely a little crazy. Uh, she gives everybody that comes to her house a lamp, apparently. Uh, 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 um, yeah. And uh, she's definitely a little out there. And it's but it's a, there's a tragedy about that too, which the alcohol that uh, she's drinking because Tommy's like a distributor. I think Tommy does what Brendan does. Um, I think you're right. And uh, Tommy has brought alcohol and aunt aunt gladdy is uh loving this particular type of alcohol and she's drinking it um too much and she starts reminiscing and i started i noticed immediately that she was way too affectionate towards her brother-in-law um and then it becomes like where she says they kissed when they were younger and he kind of like he indicates like a small kiss like I kissed her a little like maybe it was like a kiss on the cheek or something you know what I mean maybe 
it wasn't um, sexual, but she took it maybe as like being that. And she kind of reveals that she had a she loved him, but the sister got him, and it's kind of tragic. And uh, she says that he something like he made all my dreams come true for you. I know. Oh my god, that's heartbreaking. Like, uh because it seems to me that she's like never gotten married. She's I don't definitely think she no has way any kids. She's an you old, know an old maid. Um, and yeah. Uh, it, she's a tragic character in this movie, and all all of them are a little broken, but poor Aunt Gladdy, um really seems out there. I do love when she gets out of the car. Tommy's like, "She flashed me. She flashed me." <laughs> just... um, but hold on a second, because I just thought of I don't even want to say this, so never mind. Oh. But <laughs> when they first pick her up to take her to dinner, <laughs> and the she, flatulence, the farts, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, "What?" Yeah. Hey, why didn't anybody roll down a window? Right. <laughs> um, there's a lot. I thought of... of somebody about that part, but I won't name who. Oh, I I know exactly who you were talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dylan McDermott in the film, I I don't love, I don't dislike. Um, he is a little too cocky for my taste. Uh, really? I thought so. Um, at times, like. And again, that's the character, so it's not necessarily a criticism of his acting. I just, I don't know. There was something about him that felt, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I, I definitely, though they played his character where at first you thought he was with Tommy, and like um, that was what Claudia thought as well, that Tommy had broke up with, with the, the boyfriend, yeah. Jack, and that uh, he was now with Leo Fish, right? Yeah. Yeah, and... um. I forgot. There was something really interesting with his name, Fish. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember what it was. There's like an ongoing joke with Fish. I um, remember the Fish. Yeah. God, I can't think of what it was because there's something early. And it's definitely like a line of finding, you know, there's plenty of fish in the sea, that kind of thing. I definitely think that's intentional because she's not really looking for her guy and she kind of ends up into him. And I do, by the end, I don't dislike him, but I didn't love his character throughout the film. Oh, um, I like him. Yeah, I, again, I'm not. It's definitely not like where I'm saying everyone shouldn't. It was something with me; yeah. I just didn't click for me. Um, David Strathern Strathern plays uh, like an ex-boyfriend or something of Claudius who comes to fix the the furnace, but the furnace isn't broken. The mom Adele calls him in to um, try to set them up for a minute, and he felt like a knockoff Jeff Blo- Goldblum character to me, like. Like, not quite as weird, but there was, like, some mannerisms that he was doing that reminded me of Goldblum. Like, he was stuttering a little bit, and just I was like, man, if Jeff Goldblum had been cast for that one small role, I would have loved it. It would have been a little funnier, because he's he's also a tragic character, because he's, like, divorced, and he still has a thing for Claudia, but he knows he doesn't really have a chance, and, um... You know, he's working on Thanksgiving and he has nowhere to go. And that's like, you know, it's another sad character in the film. And that's definitely a theme, right? A lot of all these characters have little flaws. None of them are are miserable or awful, but they all have these little things that are just. But I feel like all of us do. Well, exactly. I think that's what makes this movie stand out and why it could be watchable every year is because it's as. You could look at this film from a pessimistic point of view and like, man, all these people have this really tough thing. But it's more like, yeah, the only reason why the tough things are so clear here is because of who they're with. Because it's like 
in a way it brings out the worst in everybody like everything like because everyone's pointing out everyone else's flaws you know like, and that mm-hmm. it does happen at the holidays like i can think back um you know there's holidays where one uncle or one aunt would drink way too much and they would have to say something and that would trigger a fight and this would happen and then it would be chaos and then uh, one year, one of my aunts went away to Hawaii for Christmas rather than coming home for Christmas, went to Hawaii oh, with their friends, and that caused this. My mom had to start a big fight about it, and it was like, well, if I could go to Hawaii, I'd go to Hawaii. Yeah, if I, yeah. <laughs> anybody knows that if they could go to Hawaii, yeah. they I'm would like, not be coming home for Thanksgiving. clearly more of a jealousy thing. Like, and that, So there's a lot of things in this movie, and again, it's set at Thanksgiving, but you could easily put this at Christmas and have the same everything happened exactly the same you know um christmas dinner uh, for us was always a turkey too back in the day it could have been a ham though instead of turkey like you could still have the same exact film a month later in the story and it would be the same you know this this coming home and dealing with your past and you know dealing with the uh, conflicts that families have jealousy rivalries um those things that families are ashamed of you know that like tommy it, he doesn't even he never he doesn't seem like he's confident enough to even like point out that he's gay like he's almost I know you're uncomfortable with it so I will keep it to myself and instead I will be loud and obnoxious and funny um, to try to distract you from the reality that it bothers me that I don't feel comfortable bringing my husband to our family dinner you know and like he doesn't want to be there and i know that it's because they have some kind of meeting he and leo fish because leo fish is going to be working in his field too and i think taking over some of his territory but like he doesn't want to be there and he refers to their friends as his real family yes which so i totally relate to that um my friends are my family and um yeah, it's definitely uh, kind of because they don't have to put up with you because you're related to them. They just like you. Yeah, and I that's an issue I have. A lot of people do feel like an obligation, like oh, blood is thicker than water. I'm like, yeah, I I, I don't like blood is not a choice. Like just because we're related doesn't mean you get to treat me like trash, and and I will nope. still be there for you. Like, no, um, I you can if you treat me well and we're blood, great, that's awesome. If you treat me like trash. I'm going to cut you out because I don't I don't have time for that. Like life is too short to be concerned with those who don't like you. Like I'm going to find people who I, I, I have common ideas and we get and along. Build you up. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not encouraging everyone to stop, you know, caring for your family. Some families are really close and you work together and they're respectful and they support one another. And other families are destructive and, and toxic. And if that's your world, get out of it. And I think that's kind of in this film. Um, Adele and the dad, whose name I, I am not remembering the character's name, Henry, um, they're not toxic. They try really hard. And they're like, she's obnoxious. Adele is obnoxious. And I'm like, oh my God, this woman is stressing me out. And I don't even have to be in the same room with her. But then she finds out that her daughter lost her job and she closes the door so that her father won't hear. And then she's like, how much money do you have? I have some money put away here. Let me help you like Mm -hmm. right away. No questions. And then she's like, it kind of seems like she's kind of putting her down because she's like, why do you do this work? But then she's like talking about what a great artist she is and that it's mm-hmm. such a God-given gift. And, you know, it's. Yeah, <sighs> there's encouragement there, too, for sure. It's not just negativity. And then you even see you see the pain in the mom, like like when she's undressing in front of her. 
um, you know, she, in front of Claudia, like she's taking her shirt off and looking at herself in the mirror, and you just see her, like, kind of regretting and and dealing with the fact that she's aging, and, and she's obviously not okay with it. She wears a wig. Uh, which is one of the funnier parts when Tommy shows up yeah. in the middle of the night and she comes up. I didn't recognize her for a second. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> and what Tommy says something about her crazy hair. Yeah, he does. We love you even though you – oh, can you go do something? Go put on a wig or something. Yeah. And I didn't realize. Oh, oh man. man. It, that part was really funny. Um, <laughs> and the dad the dad is really funny. I, I mean, there's, it, there's so many little moments in the movie that um, I was really impressed even like again, I don't think Gutenberg's great in this movie. Um, he's not as bad as he's been in some other films. There's a a lifetime series of films that he's in where he plays like the Santa Claus character, um, and it's it's so bad. They are like some of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, and- he was in. Tr- I was like, I've seen him in movies. He was in Three Men and a Baby. Okay. Yep, and he was in Lava Lantula recently on the Sci Fi Network, which was their attempt of lava spiders. Um, oh, after Sharknado. A two, two lava, two lantula. Yes, um, and I believe in the first one. Uh, it, oh man, I can't think of the guy's name from Sharknado. The main guy from Sharknado and Nine Hundred Two One Zero shows up in a cameo playing the same Steve character. Zahn. No, not Susan. It's Steve something. It's Ian something. Um, Ian Sp- oh. Ster- Sterling or Stealing or something like that. I can't. I can't remember the name, but he was. Uh, I I'm pretty sure. I might be wrong. I, I'm pretty sure that's his name. But that dude shows up in Lava Lantula, and I, I wish I didn't know oh, that. Oh, he but... plays Steve, I think, in 90210. Sorry. Ah. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think I've covered everything that I really wanted to mention um, in the movie. Um, I really, uh, I think I really enjoyed it. I think the more I've sat on it and thought about it, um, the more I find a lot of greatness in it, uh, Jodie Foster's direction is is awesome. Um, I I again love Holly Hunter in this. Um, I really want to see her in some other stuff. Uh, if you didn't see The Big Sick, uh, please do. I, I think oh. it's one of the best movies of the year. And what upsets me most about the Golden Globe nominations, I don't know if you saw Corey, but nothing for Big Sick basically, snubbed. super snubbed. Um, and I'm still not sold on Get Out getting a comedy nomination. It should be in the regular. Uh, Best picture category, not best comedy. Get Out is not a comedy. There is humor in it, and there is some satire for sure. But it, Jordan Peele People is not okay with like it. They being. have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. And, or like ex- and surprisingly, The Greatest Showman gets nominated for best musical, which probably should have been the big, uh, the big six spot because it's best comedy or musical in Golden Globes. Like that's the separate what? category. And well, no, if I haven't seen The Greatest Showman yet, and I hope it's amazing. Like I hope it blows me away. I would love for a second year in a row, my favorite movie of the year, to be a musical. I don't think it's going to happen. And I love The Big Sick, and it, um, it's one of my favorites from the year for sure. It might be my favorite. It might not be. Um, will it be on my top five in a couple weeks? Who knows? But um, I, I see am a lot bummed. more movies than I do. I, I've seen. A, <laughs> I have seen in this year. Um, I think I have seen 90 of the films that came out this year, Holy um, heck. which is still not uh, touching how many movies have been released this year, but I think I have seen from this year. I'm going to confirm that while I stall, but, um, I'm pretty sure I have seen 90 films that have come out in 2017 with official release dates of 2017. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. 89. Um, oh, nope. 90. Cause I haven't added star Wars to this list yet. So 90. Um, 
and I have a few more I'm going to be seeing before the end of the year for sure. So, yeah, I've seen most of the big movies that have come out. Uh, there's a few indie films that I have not seen, and I have not seen, I don't think, any foreign films from 2017 as of yet. Um, and I've missed a few documentaries that I really want to see this year. But let's wrap up our thoughts on Home for the Holidays. I definitely say this is a not-quite-golden film. Um, it could be a must-see, but I think I need multiple watches before I can make it that high of a rating. I'm going with not-quite-golden. We keep doing this. Oh, me too. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we're we're growing more alike because we've watched so many movies together. We've almost watched fifty two movies together, Corey. <gasps> That's a lot of similar. You know, not many people have knocking that. a lot off of our lists. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is, because I'm like, we've seen a lot of these movies, and I'm looking like at next year, and there's still movies that we won't get like there's movies that I have not watched this year because I thought we were going to do an episode on them or whatever. And I'm like, man, and next year we're doing more theme oriented uh, episodes. Every month we'll have a theme. And so the whole month we'll have movies that are in that theme. Um, We're starting the year off with uh, we're picking movies that are in the top 100 Rotten Tomatoes that we've not seen. So like the top 100 rated films in Rotten Tomatoes that we have not seen, so we can pick any movies that uh, we haven't. So there's going to be four off of that list of 100, which I've seen probably about 70% of the highest-rated films on on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and I'm, I'm ballparking. I could be definitely off. That's saying I've seen 70 of the 100, which is probably not perfect. But there are some really big ones on my gap list that are in that list. And so picking just two is really complicated. And I'm also like... It is. And I'm like, you know, picking two that I can easily get. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm trying to be very conscious of that. And I'm, yeah, I'm trying to you know make sure I don't spend. I don't want to every month drop, you know, buy four movies. You know, <laughs> so I'm looking yeah. at also, dude, what do I already own that's on well, this list? And, and also, it's like we pay for subscription services, yep. and I can't always find time to utilize them. So yeah, like I paid for a year of movie, which I like a lot. Like I think movie is really cool, but so far what they've had come out each day, I'm like, well. I don't really know where I would fit that in, and I don't really want to watch it right now. And movies kind of like you got to watch it right now because you got 30 days to watch that particular film before it vanishes off of movie because that's the cool thing about it is every day you get a new movie. So there's always a chance. Like tomorrow could be a movie that I've been wanting to see for a long time, and if it is, maybe I'll watch it. But there's also a chance it'll be a movie that I either have already seen or have never heard of. Um, Do you check it every day? Uh, the the app actually uh, sends a little notification on my phone what came out. Oh, so it's pretty cool. Rad. Yeah. Um. So, um, I, I definitely keep that in mind. But, um, we we're gonna be doing different themes all year next year, and we hope that will make the episodes a little more interesting. Um, but it, it's also fun for us because we have. We we're basically pushing ourselves to watch movies that we've wanted to see or have heard about or. Um, or also a genre or something that we generally yeah. avoid. Rom-coms, I'm looking at you. Oh, see, I love rom-coms, but there are so many that there's tons I've not seen. Um, like, I have, I already have two down on the list, and I'm kind of... I have, like, four other ones that are popping up in my brain that I really want to see. One of them, I think... Um, I don't know if you've seen um, uh, About Time. I think it's called About Time. With Donald Gleason and Bill Nighy, um, they're like they they have time travel powers. Like they're 
like family. Oh, it Rachel McAdams. Yeah. I remember this. And, okay. And one of my coworkers, uh, oddly enough, uh, was we ended up talking about this movie today. Last year, when I started my challenge, I think at the beginning of the year, she recommended that movie to me, and I'd heard of it, and I I thought it looked interesting. I just never got around to it, and I bought it, and I still haven't watched it. And I ran into her. T- we had a meeting today that we were both in, and she was like, "So I'm gonna ask, and I don't want my feelings to get hurt." And I'm like. <laughs> Okay, I haven't watched it. I did buy it, and it's definitely on my radar. And that's a rom-com. I think it's a rom-com. I need to double-check that. It may not be a comedy. It might just be a romance. But um, if it is a rom-com, I probably should make that one one of the four. But I, I've i never seen Sleepless in it Seattle. Does... Oh, it says comedy, drama, fantasy. No romance, huh? Not on IMDb. Well, there you go. I don't know if I can count it. So, um, But that I'm going to try to squeeze that in next year for sure. Um, who knows? I might even watch it before the end of this year if I get a chance. Because again, I promised I would, and I did buy it. Like it's not like I haven't bought it. Like it's sitting on my my digital account for Voodoo, but just haven't got around to it. It's one I really want to watch with Kathy too, and I haven't been able to sell her on the premise because I know it is a romance. Because that's a big part of it is he uses his time travel to get the girl he loves. Um, from what I remember of the trailer, because I do like I was interested in it. And there, I have a lot of movies that I haven't seen that I bought. Like Safety Not Guaranteed, I, I've not seen with an Audrey Plaza's in that. And I love her. Aubrey Plaza, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, it, this is uh, – we really enjoy doing this podcast. We're almost through our first full year. We're looking at year two, uh, looking to get a little more focused, a little more fun, um, but still knocking movies out of our gap list. I'm excited. So until next week, um, which we will be watching – Oh, man, I'm so excited because I've been wanting to watch this, but I've been waiting for next week. Uh, Corey's first time seeing White Christmas, um, a classic with Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. Uh, so many great songs. I love this movie. Um, oh, I'm so excited. I actually almost watched it tonight, but I, I was like, no, no, not yet. It's too early if I'm going to be talking about it. Um, I watch this pretty much every Christmas, at least for the last couple of years, I and I used to watch it as a kid. It has always been in my... Um, rotation of some at some point in my life and i am very excited to introduce it to Corey. um and then we'll be watching it's a wonderful life which i have seen several times Corey has never seen it and i can't wait for that one uh as that is one of my favorite films period it's in my I top 50 john is just trying to make me cry it's it's not just a tearjerker although yes there are some emotions. oh i know about that movie i know but there's it's not just a tearjerker is all i'm saying like there's I'll probably ugly cry that, I'll just send you some snaps. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I wish I had filmed myself watching five to seven because, good lord. Uh, yes, I wish you would have too. <laughs> um, that should we should start doing that and like posting it on YouTube, like our reaction videos to like <laughs> crying scenes. Yeah. Um, oh god! <laughs> but uh, until our next episode, you can follow us on the social medias. I'm at Burke Reviews. If you like cats and records. I'm at Corey R. Star with two R's on the end. And uh, you can read my reviews at BurkeReviews.com. Sometimes Corey writes, sometimes Mike writes. Um, I'm trying to get some more writers. Uh, Top 10 albums. Yes, and Corey's working on a top 10 albums list for the year, right? Yeah. Yep, and we will be doing a a new Top 5 episode this weekend. We're actually going to be recording with uh, Chris Peckover, who is the director of Better Watch Out, a film that I have recommended uh, both on this podcast and on Top 5 and on my review I loved that movie very much. It is a horror Christmas film, uh, so definitely go in knowing that there is going to be some horror elements. But it's more like 
uh, real people horror, not monster horror. It's not it's not supernatural or anything like that. Um, so thriller suspense. Um, Corey also enjoyed the movie, and our friend Brendan of the podcast uh, recently made a purchase of it too. Um, Chris Peckover is going to be on our top five movies this week, and uh, we'll be doing a couple more top five lists to end out the year. Um, and then next year, we're looking forward to adding some new stuff. We're going to try to do some more interview episodes. Um, so, yeah, uh, lots going on at Burke Reviews. Um, you also can listen to our other podcast uh, that we have, um, The Rough Cut and uh, Wild Card Pod, which Wild Card Pod's only at three episodes right now. I'm hoping uh, that sp- uh, the host will be doing some more episodes over his Christmas break. He's a, he's on his last semester of college, so I know that he's super busy. Um but we're looking to expand, uh, and to do that, we could use the support of our listeners. If you love this podcast, if you like what we do, first, please go to iTunes and rate us or whatever service you listen to. Give us a rating. Uh, give us a review. It helps other people find us, and that makes it uh, more likely for the next thing. Is If you really like our podcast, um, if you support us on Patreon, there is a series of rewards, um, different tiers of what you can get by donating, and it starts uh, simply at a dollar just donating $1 a month every month um, helps defer the cost that it is to run the website and run the podcast and to uh, see movies because it's not cheap. Um, you know, we are all professionals, but we're not film professionals. We are teachers and a office staff of a hospital. Is that a simple way of saying what you do? Is there a better way of saying what you do? I'm an outpatient imaging scheduler, but yeah, probably. Whoa, that was that sounded challenging. Uh, outpatient <laughs> it imaging. It is challenging. Okay. Um, so, you know, we make a living, but that's about it. So the, all of this comes out of our pockets, um, seeing the movies and everything, which obviously we do by choice, but we do because we love it. We have a passion for it. And if you happen to love what we do um, and you can give us the a dollar or whatever tier you feel comfortable, uh, we are, one, eternally grateful. Two, uh, there are rewards for it. So it's like subscribing to Netflix, subscribing to other things. You get benefits for doing it. It's not just giving us your money. I'm not holding out a tin can asking you for something. Um, just saying, if you can help, we appreciate it. If not, totally cool. Another way you can help our podcast, I mentioned earlier, is clicking on those Amazon um, links and buying your product through our website rather than just going to Amazon. Um, again, not everything is, works that way, but whenever we talk about a movie, we will put links to it in our show notes on BurkeReviews.com. And if you want to buy it, if you buy it through that it helps us. It gives us a little kickback. And it is small, mind you, but if enough of you do it, it helps. So thank you for all the support. It's been almost two full years of BurkeReviews.com. We're going to be moving into our third year, and I can't wait. So, Corey, I will talk to you at our top five movie recording on Sunday, and then I will talk Woo-hoo. to you next week. Thank you. Have a good Saturday. You too. Thanks. Peace. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. Burkerviews.com.